everyone, to everyone for tuning in to the Sports Web Podcast this May 17th, 2021. And we are right in the middle of our Eagles talk. And we're going to break down this schedule, like I said. So I just gave you the preseason schedule. So again, the preseason opponents are the Steelers, the Patriots, and the New York Jets. So moving into the regular season schedule. As you know, there's been a game added, so there's a 17-game season now, so that makes it an 18-week season totally. It's been reported that the Eagles' schedule is the alleged easiest schedule of all teams in the NFL. I have looked over the schedule a couple times, spoken to a couple people, and I'm not really seeing how... This is the number one easiest schedule. It's a lot to do with some of the, the, uh, well, not some of, but a lot to do with the changes that have been made. You have an entirely new coaching staff, and they're going to bring in a new system. You have some shakeups with the roster. Although they did have a pretty good draft, and they did bring in some pretty good-looking undrafted free agents. But again, it's a beginning of a new era and that is part of the reason why I don't really see or believe that this is one of the easiest schedules in the NFL so week one September the 12th they open up at the Atlanta Falcons now if we just base things on what happened last season you kind of could say that this would be somewhat of an even match because the Hawks, sorry, the Hawks, I'm thinking basketball already. The Falcons, I think, ended last season on a five-game losing streak. The Eagles was just bad, were just bad throughout the entire season. So we're not even going to talk about losing streaks or winning streaks with them, which were not, winning streaks were not plenty, but their season was just entirely bad. So you would think that this would be a pretty good game a pretty even match game, but it's still yet to see because it is on the road. Again, new team, new regimen, new guys at the controls, new coaching staff traveling to the Atlanta Falcons on their first game of the season. Week two, they are home against the San Francisco 49ers. Both of my partners, as you know, Frank and Baldy, are 49ers fans, and I'm sure that we'll definitely talk about that game that following Monday when the season starts. And if we get them in here before the season starts, we'll definitely revisit this and probably talk about this game again. So the only thing that I say, the Eagles did beat the 49ers last year in that awful season. But I think one of the things that might help the Eagles is the 49ers will probably be starting a rookie quarterback. And that may help the Eagles because, as we know, the Eagles have have continuously had one of, if not the best, defensive lines and defensive line rotations in the NFL. But again, it gets lost a lot of times with what's behind them as far as a linebacking core and in that secondary. And while San Francisco does have a lot of talent and no skill positions on the offense. So it's going to be tough 
Uh, I'm not giving you, I'm not going to give you my wins and losses just yet. I think I will do that maybe the week before the season starts. I'm just going through and trying to figure out how the all the football minds are dubbing this as the easiest schedule in the NFL coming up this season. In week three, they are in Dallas facing off against the Cowboys. Questionable game there. It's a division game, so it's always going to be tough. You have to take into consideration that Dak, their starting quarterback, the major injury that he is returning from. So you have to take that into consideration. You also have to take into consideration Dallas's defense was not all that great. And Jalen Hurts had some experience. So may be able to stay, take that one. Uh, not too sure. Week four at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Tough game. Just Andy Reid returning home once again. And just the talent that's on that Chiefs team. Tough game. Week five, they are at the Carolina Panthers. Week six, home against the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the road for the next two, week seven and week eight, the Raiders and the Lions. Come back home in week nine to face off against the Chargers. Week 10, they are in Colorado and Denver to face off with, with the Broncos. Uh, week 11, at home against the New Orleans Saints. The next two games are on the road, week 12 and week 13, at the Giants and at the New York Jets. Week 14 is the bye week for the Philadelphia Eagles. The next game, week 15, is not yet definite, but it's either going to be December the 18th or the 19th. It's a home game versus the Washington football team. Week 16, at home against the Giants. Week 17, back in Landover um, to play against the Washington football team. And closing out the season January the 9th at home against the Dallas Cowboys. So again, we've seen the trend that the NFL has been using for the last several years. Either the last three, four games are tough division games. So for the Eagles, they close out the season, one, two, three. Their last four games are all division games. Every week you have a division rival. So bottom line is those four games are going to mean something for the Philadelphia Eagles in this schedule. And again, like I said, um, being the easiest schedule, I don't know what some of these people were looking at. Like I said, I mean, you start off at the Falcons. Like I said, that could probably that could arguably be an evenly well-matched game. But then you come back home and you play a good team in the 49ers. Division game, we know division games are always tough. No matter how bad or how good the division is, division games are always tough. You're on the road for the first division game. And then again, you don't get another division game until the last uh, four, five, six, seven weeks of the season. The next division game after week three is is week seven um, in New York against the Giants. But following that first division game, again, you got the Chiefs. Not a cakewalk. Okay. Then you got the Panthers. Maybe you could do something there. Then you got the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's in your building, but still the Buccaneers. And you're on the road against the Raiders. Always a tough game. No matter what happens with the Raiders, it's always a tough game. 
at Detroit, the Chargers, an up-and-coming young team with a young quarterback, could be a challenge as well. The Broncos, their uncertainty at quarterback may also work for the Eagles. Again, like I said, with the history of their defensive line. Another tough one against the Saints. So I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six. All six division games are tough games. We know that. Okay. Then the other tough games that I see are 49ers. So that's seven. Chiefs, definitely eight. Bucks, nine. Like I said, the Raiders, 10. And then the Saints, 11. So 11 out of 17 games, in my opinion, are tough games for the Philadelphia Eagles. So again, I'm not sure how this is being dubbed as the easiest schedule in the NFL. Maybe some people closer to the NFL know some things that I don't know or have seen some things that I haven't seen, and they dub it that way. So it's still yet to be seen how that plays out, and we will definitely see how that plays out if it ends up definitely being the easiest schedule uh, in the NFL. But as far as the Eagles, like I announced to you uh, in the news and updates in the opening, just this morning I got the alert that they have now signed to a one-year deal defensive end Ryan Kerrigan, uh, formerly of the Washington football team, which uh, makes that defensive line even better than what it already was. And I also feel like the Eagles are going to be better than a lot of people think they are. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're going to be better and definitely sneak back into the playoffs or something like that. I just think that overall, with Jalen Hurts arguably being the number one guy at quarterback and being somewhat familiar as far as getting playing time last year with the players, and again, I understand new scheme, new regime um, at the helm for them. But I think the Eagles are going to be a little bit better than what people think they are going to be. Some people might think I'm crazy for saying that. Some people may think I'm losing my mind. But I honestly, honestly think that they are going to be a little bit better than um, what they are expected to be. Like I said, I counted, what, 11 out of 17 games that are tough. But I didn't say winnable or losable. I just said tough. And like I said, I'm not really trying to stay away from opinions on wins and losses right now until I get my guys back in and we can go through the Eagles schedule and the 49ers schedule simultaneously and give our accounts on what we feel their overall records would be. But I think the Eagles did some things. Um, they did a great thing, I know, in my opinion, with drafting Devontae Smith. Although I just don't understand the path that they took. They started out at number six, then they moved to 12, and they moved back up to 10 to draft them ahead of Dallas. If you had stayed at six, you could have just drafted him there. So you got more picks. Um, you could arguably have three first-round picks in next year's draft. So maybe that's what they're looking for, um, using this season as a stepping stone and then using those picks next year to start the process over again to be back in the mix and be in play um, in the playoffs and things of that nature in the NFL. There has been talk of possibly looking into bringing back Jordan Hicks, who was a very good linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, who somehow, some way contract 
did not um, get extended. Contract talks did not go the way that he wanted them or either side wanted. And he was a free agent. He went signed in Arizona. Um, they are not willing to pay him coming up. So he's now going to be a free agent. There's also been some rumors and some talk about the Eagles shopping Zach Ertz. And again, I mentioned to you going into the draft that people were suspecting that he would be traded on draft night. And I told you that I really didn't think that that would happen on draft night. Uh, I honestly believe that Zach Kurtz will be here for the start of the football season in the Philadelphia Eagles midnight green. Why? Because I feel like the Eagles have done some things to players in the past where their trade value um, diminishes before they make moves. You see how long it took for a Carson Wentz deal to happen, and you see what they got in return and the stipulations that were put on what they got in return in that deal. So I just believe and have a gut feeling that he will be here um, at the start of the Philadelphia Eagles season this coming NFL season. Other than that, you know, uh, I am anxious also to see what's being what's being put together in training camp and how it plays out. Uh, as you have seen, Jalen Hurts has been working with receivers. There's been a lot of praise um, after the first couple of days of rookie minicamp for Devontae Smith. Also, there's been a lot of praise for Trayvon Grimes, the big rookie undrafted free agent out of the University of Florida. So I think the Eagles have some pieces. Like I said, they've made some signings on the defensive end, like I mentioned to you last week. There was another cornerback signed um, in the past week. Again, another Minnesota Viking. And the benefits or the pluses I see in that just on the surface are the simple fact that the Eagles' new defensive coordinator has some familiarity with these players being with being a coach with the Minnesota Vikings. So hopefully they can transition in and be um, big parts of the upcoming Eagles defense. I also think that the offense will gather a rally around Jalen Hurts and help him be the success or help him have the success that he wishes to have in the NFL. I believe that because I saw what happened when he played a little bit last season. And I also have been hearing that he has taken command of the offense. And a lot of people talked about the Joe Flacco signing. Some people and other fans of teams in the division made it like a joking matter. But it's always good to have a veteran uh, in your stable. Someone that, and people will probably say I'm crazy for saying this or probably laugh when I say this, but nonetheless, Joe Flacco did win a Super Bowl. So he made deep, he made a deep run into the playoff. And that's just basically the experience and the knowledge that you need for a young starting quarterback in the NFL who can help him along and give him some pointers and give him some tips along the way to help him transition to, again, that quarterback that he wants to be in the NFL. So with that being said, I am now going to take my first break. When I come back, I'm going to get into some of the extra stuff that I have in store for you, and then we'll close out today's episode with some NBA and some Sixers talk. As you know, yesterday was the last day of the NBA season. The play-in tournament will begin tomorrow, and we'll definitely talk about that on the other side. You are now tuned in to Sports Rap. 
on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. I will see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. episode of the Sports Web Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. If you get over to the group, Facebook, Sports Web Podcast, which we are live right now, in the description there's a link where you can <clears throat> excuse me, sign up for all of our alerts and know everything and be in tune with everything Sports Web and Heat 100 Radio. You can also do that on Instagram at sportsweb underscore D. There's a link there as well. So we are back and I want to talk about a couple things in the midst before I get into uh, our Sixers talk and our NBA playoffs. But one of the things uh, I wanted to mention was the saga with Aaron Rodgers. And he is reportedly very unhappy with some management, with the GM of the team. And he has decided or it's been reported that he has allegedly decided that he will not play for the 49ers uh, until this gentleman has been, has been removed. So Packers haven't really said much in detail to this story, but they did leak out, like I mentioned in the opening, that they have signed quarterback Blake Bortles. And they have also put out there a few weeks prior to that that they would be looking to add quarterbacks to training camp to facilitate some things of that nature. So I will definitely uh, keep continue to pay attention to that story. And whenever I get something, you know, as I always do, I bring it to you one way or another. And secondly, the Jacksonville Jaguars have signed Tim Tebow. And when this news broke last week, there was... A lot of uproar, a lot of uproar, if you will, uh, about that signing. And then Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick's name was brought up once again. I am kind of neutral on this whole uh, bringing up of Colin Kaepernick in this situation. But I understand. So don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not just trying to shy away from it. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on it, as I always do. I just feel like the NFL did what they did when they had that whole fiasco of the workout for him. Then it was changed to a different venue. Regardless of who allegedly changed the venue, I think he had his shot. And I think the NFL did that just to save face, to control the narrative, if you will. And... I think that that was pretty much their last shot, their last dealings with him. So I don't, I honestly don't think he'll get another shot at the NFL. And in a small way, I'm not even 100% sure if he wants to return to the NFL to play because of that entire situation from beginning to where it ended or how it ended. So for people to have some issues with the signing of Tim Tebow and people and other teams not giving Colin Kaepernick a look. I understand where the frustration is. I understand why people would feel that way. 
And I also understand on my own accord that, like I just said, I don't think, I think that marriage um, or that relationship is pretty much done and not fixable at all. So I don't think we'll ever see Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. And again, like I also mentioned, for that matter, in a small way, I don't truly 100% believe that he wants to be part of that organization uh, again. So that's my take on that. Now, the last thing I want to bring up is something that I saw and I thought was pretty interesting. It was a story about the Detroit Pistons and their alleged tanking this season. And it kind of flew under the radar. But like you said, I do my homework. I do what I'm supposed to do. I do my due diligence. So I caught it. And it just had me think back to the situation with the Sixers. Uh, when the Sixers began the now dubbed the process. Sam Hinkie. All those draft picks. Um, there was a year. There were years when the team was bad. There was even one year where the payroll was in sort of an array or disarray or something, and the players on the team got an extra check uh, at the end of that season. And it was the top talk of the town in the NBA while this was going on. The tanking, if you will, what they call it. Losing games or fielding rosters that were subpar to most of NBA rosters. So now, and I'm not going to say as far as the Detroit Pistons right now and, and say that their roster was subpar, uh, but they're, in essence, doing pretty much the same thing. Uh, at, at the trade deadline, they moved some pieces, which gave you every impression that there was some rebuild going on or rebuild about to happen. And then the season went the way it went. I think they're either the have the worst or the second worst record in the NBA uh, right now currently. But there wasn't a lot of talk about them tanking. But again, I'm being a little biased and I'm talking about the Sixers issue where it got to a point with the Sixers where they were forced to uh, bring in the Colangelo family after Hinky, And they made some moves that were very questionable. That partnership ultimately came to a shaky end with uh, Cell Phone Gate, as we know. And again, there was almost every day during those couple seasons, especially that last season when they were forced to bring in the Colangelo family. There was something about the Sixers just about every day in the news. And again, this article, like I said, about the Pistons pulling off the greatest tanking jobs in NBA history because it's flown under the radar. But I don't understand. Um, it's the same situation, very similar situation, if you will, if you want to look at it that way. An NBA team who has less caliber members of the team have lost 
a lot of games. At the trade deadline, they traded away most of, well, not most of, traded away pretty much all of the star players that they had on that team or players that could have been considered stars on that team were traded away or bought out in some type of way. And they have been just losing games. Like they said, tanking. And it's just funny how, like I said, it's just funny how it hasn't been talked about. But everybody in the NBA knows what's going on. We may not see it all at the forefront um, as fans looking in or from the outside looking in. But we definitely see the tanking when we look at the scores. As I give you scores just about every day. And if you look at them yourself, you check it again like, oh, Detroit lost again. Uh, Four-game losing streak, yada, yada, yada. And they are not in the playoffs, so they will definitely be in the lottery. And near the bottom, their chances have highly increased of possibly being the number one pick in the lottery or very high pick in the lottery, which is what the Sixers had been doing in their alleged the process. The difference was the Sixers had a lot of assets to incorporate some trades and some other things with that. And again, it was just all over the news. It was much, much talked about. And again, like I said, this Pistons article just flew under the radar until your boy caught it and I'm bringing it to you. So just a little tidbit, you know, just something to think about. Uh, and I mean, you can Google the article and look at it if you will, if you want to go further with it um also there are some issues with the state of major league baseball we saw during the pandemic how infected major league baseball was with the coronavirus and how it really really played the most damaging role on their season as opposed to the other uh, major sports who came up with plans again I applaud the NBA for kicking that off with starting the bubble then hockey had a bubble the NFL uh, took their time and decided they would play games with no fans and then Major League Baseball just got hit you know started off rampant with them so some of the issues um, that are that they are dealing with right now is they have to regain some type of identity uh as i mentioned to you in the opening a broadcaster for the washington team was allegedly fired for accusations of sexual misconduct it's been a lot of that going on in baseball a lot of it going on in major sports period but a lot in baseball um can they need to sever or fix the relationship not sever they need to fix the relationship between the actual owners of the Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball system and the Players Association, which have not been able to get along uh, the past or most recent years. Um, they have a new collective bargaining agreement, and it needs to address the root of Major League Baseball's competitive balance issue. It's another more issues. Like I said, it's a bunch of them. Um, they must find one set of rules and stick to them. The rules have been changing just pr pretty much constantly throughout this pandemic and for the past couple of years. Um, 
the time and place of gameplay. That needs to be done. Uh, some of the pitchers they say are too good. Um, do they really need to have that many relievers on the team? I'm not sure the number that uh, teams have or are allowed to have, but there are a lot of relievers um, in the league that could possibly be starters that are not starters. Um, it's time to address the shift. There also, there's also been a marketing dilemma. Um, the new, it's a new generation. The league is beginning to get younger with some younger players that have some star power. And they have to adjust and embrace that star power of those young players and put that in the forefront to help uh, better promote the league. Um, they have to make the sport more inclusive. Um, you know, and it's a lot of stuff about which games that you want to watch. And they also must invest, which is one of the things I think is very important. Major League Baseball must invest in getting more kids from all backgrounds playing baseball. I think that's very, very important because you have every year the Little League World Series. And you have kids of all walks of life, genders, races, whatever, that follow baseball, that look to play baseball. Some communities may not be able to field teams or the kids don't have the opportunities that some others have to play baseball. And this is what they're saying, where the Major League Baseball needs to step in and have some support, have some backing for some of these less fortunate communities where kids that are interested in baseball will get the opportunities to play baseball, get the opportunity to enjoy the game of baseball. Because everybody's not going to be a basketball player. Everybody's not going to be a football player. So baseball is something that a lot of some of these other some of these kids turn to because of whatever deficiencies they may have, or they just or they're just love of the game. There are some kids in minority communities that just love the game of baseball and dream of playing major league baseball. And again, like I started out with, you have the little league World Series where there are all walks of life participating. So Major League Baseball needs to get involved more uh, in the other activities of baseball. And again, I mean in the communities, in the less fortunate communities, and things of that nature, and not just focus on the Little League World Series. Because those kids are selected to play for those specific teams in the in the uh, World Little League World Series, I'm sorry, but there are other kids who may not get the opportunity to play for a team to compete for the chance to get to play in the Little League World Series, which, and in my opinion, is, is where it really starts. You know, it starts in your backyard, like I mentioned in the article, or like it mentions in the article, it starts in your backyard, it starts in your neighborhood, but. Then you play and you grow a love, you grow an affinity for the game. And then you find out that it's not really many places for you to play baseball, which is, like I said, some of these kids dream. Some of these kids just dream to get to the Little League World Series because it's such a major event. And they need the support in some of these areas to help them gain that opportunity to help them have the opportunity to have the opportunity presented to them so that they can possibly begin to pursue 
their dreams in Major League Baseball. Uh, with that being said, those are the couple of things that I wanted to bring to you. Also, just a quick note, I have been posting the scores the last couple of days, but WNBA season has begun. Uh, I look forward to a really, really good season. There were some big names um, that have changed teams. There are some familiar names, some injuries from last year that have returned. There were some major injuries this year already. So just keep in mind, I will be talking more on the WNBA. It will be more incorporated into the podcast as I bring you everything else. With that being said, I'm going to take another break. When I return, we are definitely going to get into my second most favorite sports time of the year, the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk some Sixers, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that playing tournament, the teams that are involved, and we're going to talk NBA playoffs. You are right now tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. I will see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. And it is now time for the wrap-up of today's episode. Once again, live on Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast is the group. You can get over there and tune in and, you know, do what you do. So, we are now going to delve into some Sixers talk, and we're going to talk NBA playoffs. Before I get into that, we, as you know, the Basketball Hall of Fame had induction ceremonies this past weekend. Just a few names of the inductees for this year. Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, Rudy Tomjanovich, Rick Adelman, Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh, Jay Wright, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Yolanda Griffith, Lauren Jackson, and Bill Russell goes in this time as the first black head coach. And the star of all stars, or the brightest star of this class, uh, may he rest well, one Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. Bean, a.k.a. the Black Mamba, Bryant, was the brightest star of this year's induction class. Uh, Well, well well overdue um he we know that he would have been in the hall of fame we know his career and we know the tragic situation where he is no longer with us uh but we knew just by watching him play that he was going to be uh in the hall of fame all not only because of his participation his play on the court but his activism and his activities off the court where this young man had a genuine, genuine love for all aspects of the game of basketball. Um, I loved his game. He was one of my favorite players. So congratulations to him for posthumously being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. One of the things I want to mention before I move on is a quote that his wife um, mentioned in her heartfelt uh, speech in regards to her husband. And she mentioned this, and this this was in regards to her asking him why he would play through injuries. 
his answer, his response was, and I quote, what about the fans who saved up to see me play just once, end quote. Doesn't get any better than that. Like I said, definitely uh, an ambassador, a genuine love for the game of basketball in general. Um, He was very supportive of the WNBA, as you saw. He was very supportive of females and young girls being able to play and enjoy and grow a love for the game of basketball. So with that being said, congratulations to him and all the members who were inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend. So, the NBA season has come to an end, or the regular season has finally come to an end uh, yesterday. And the Sixers on Friday night clinched the number one overall seed in the East, which is a huge, huge step from the way last season ended, being swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics in the bubble. Uh, some changes were made there as far as the coaching staff, things of that in front office. Improved this team, and they are now the number one seed in the East. So in all actuality, the road to the finals for the Eastern Conference goes through Philadelphia. And we have to have uh, great pride in that and great joy it brings on this city of Philadelphia to all the Sixers fans and all the Sixers fans around the world. It was a very, very good season, albeit 10 games shorter than what we were used to, but we had a great season nonetheless. The A lot of talk about individual players on that team, where there's talk about three of the players on this team being talked about for in contention for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, and Joel Embiid, Matisse Thybulle, and Ben Simmons. There's also been talk about one particular player being in the MVP conversation, one Joel Embiid. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, I talked about it when it happened, and, you know, it, it happened a few weeks ago. We all know the injury he stayed, he, he sustained back against the Washington Wizards. Uh, He missed 18 games, but the team did not falter. They stayed in that top two area, region, for the entire season. They never fell any lower than two. They had a few mishaps um, in the past week, the Miami game and the Pacers game. We understand that, had a few mishaps, but then they still had the two chances against the lesser against lesser talent and a lesser opponent in the Orlando Magic, and they did clinch on Friday. And then they also had a chance to rest all five starters for yesterday's game. And the bench, their role players, performed very well. And they won that game as well. So it it was a great thing to see them sustain that run during those 18 games that Joel was out and down the stretch with the bench beginning to pick up their play. Shows a lot that the coaching staff is doing their job. And these guys have gained some valuable experience, like I've been mentioning the past several weeks. Some valuable experience moving into the playoffs. And it was very imperative that they got the number one seed. Where the top 
the second place team and the third place team. More so the third place team, in my opinion, was the biggest threat to the Sixers. So they won't see either one of them um, until the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm speaking of the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I can't say, and I won't honestly say that I'm actually using, I won't use the word scared, but the challenges that Milwaukee brings could have you thinking a little bit. But overall, I think we'll get there. I think we'll reach the mountaintop, at least getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. I think our team is good enough, or that good rather, and I think our coaching staff is that good. There were some minor moves made throughout the season during the trade deadline, which had a lot of people talking, thinking that they should have made some other moves. There was a lot of trade talk throughout the season um, where some players were talked about possibly being moved, but none of that happened. They got the guy that they wanted at the trade deadline, and they pursued with the roster that they have. So them gaining the number one seed with the injuries that were had for their starting center, Arguably, in my opinion, the MVP of the league, and a lot of their role, few of their role players, had some injuries throughout the season. So now they'll get a chance to rest, really rest, like starting with yesterday, really rest until the playoffs begin. And I think that's going to be beneficial. I think the coach who has won a championship in the NBA will adjust. And we'll have these guys, and him and his staff, Will, Doc Rivers I'm speaking of, will have his guys prepared to play and be ready for whatever challenge comes to them. There was a lot of talk about the Miami Heat game. Let's go there for a second. A lot of talk about the Miami Heat game, where reading it on the surface, the Sixers were bullied. Uh, and there's a lot of avenues you can discuss about that game. They were bullied. Some things went on as a fan or as a basketball player watching the game. A lot of people talked about the referees, but I kind of tend to somewhat disregard uh, the conversations about the refereeing because the refereeing in all major sports has been subpar for the last couple years. So I kind of understand and accept that, that the play is going to be poor. Uh, talking to some friends and some co-workers, that Miami game, that just wasn't our team. We know our team is better than that. And I don't know if it was a shock of the way that game started out, the way they played the zone. And, of course, they had some help from Jimmy Butler, who was here with most of these guys and, and knew um, their tendencies and things of that nature which was probably a good help to the coaching staff down there in Miami. And they did a damn good job. Let's just put it there. But nonetheless, the Sixers still end up with the number one seed, which is what they wanted to achieve. One of the things that they wanted to achieve. And they did that. So kudos to them for that. And again, like I said, I, they get a chance to rest now. Their role players have had some valuable playing time in crucial situations and crucial games, and they succeeded. Yesterday was pretty much a game, in my opinion, for Doc to see which guys would make the playoff rotation. Because as we all know, the playoff rotation, the bench gets a little shorter, the rotation gets a little shorter. 
but you have now the option where you can rotate those rotational players where some nights you can play players A and B and then other nights you could possibly play A players C and D but still keep your same numerical number and rotation but you have options where you can swap some guys out for certain instances, certain matchups, certain situations which I think will be a benefit for the Sixers going down the stretch. I also think that that Miami game will definitely be used by Doc Rivers and his staff as a teaching mechanism for this team if they want to have the success that they're looking for throughout the playoffs and in the playoffs. One of the things I want to mention in one quote uh, from Doc Rivers from the beginning of the season and from what training camp started and what he saw on the roster, he says, and I quote, we're going to be the best defensive team in the league, end quote. So with that being said, just real quick, their final rankings um, for the end of the regular season, they were number two in league defense, number two in block shots, number two in forced turnovers, number one in steals, and ultimately number one in the Eastern Conference. Again, home court advantage. And I think their record was like 28 and something. Very good record at home. So that also bodes well. Also, we know, living here and being a Sixers fan, that the energy in that Wells Fargo Center when the Sixers are doing well like they are, and the city increasing the number or the percentage where they can have fans in, is going to be another boost for this team to ride the wave. And I'm looking forward to it greatly, greatly looking forward to it. So with that being said, the NBA play-in tournament, and we all know about that, begins tomorrow. So just to backtrack a little bit once again to give you the way it's going to go down. The way this season has played out and the new um, influx, uh, well, not influx, but the new format for the playoffs beginning this year is 10 teams will be technically in uh, instead of just the regular, the normal eight, okay? This is where they come in with the play-in tournament. So the first one through six in each conference are guaranteed a playoff spot. Teams 7 and 8, which would usually round out the playoffs, are in the play-in tournament along with teams 9 and 10. So technically, playoffs now have 10 teams in each conference in. The way this tournament is going to play out beginning tomorrow with the Eastern Conference, teams 7 and 8 will play each other. The winner will get the 7 seed. The loser of that 7-8 game will await and play the winner of the 9-10 game to play for the number 8 seed. And then they'll make their bases where 9 and 10 will end up in the lottery. The Sixers will wait until this all plays out and see with the basic NBA playoffs, teams 1 through 8, beginning on the 22nd. The playing tournament starts tomorrow and it will run until the 21st, and then the overall playoffs officially begin on May 22nd. So in the East, you have the 9-10 game 
is the Hornets Pacers. Hornets being number ten, the Pacers being team being number nine, and then you have the Wizards and the Celtics. Wizards being number eight, Celtics being number seven. We're gonna to move to the West real quick, and in the West, the nine ten game is the Grizzlies at number nine versus the Spurs at seed ten, and then there's the Golden State Warriors at eight against the defending champion L.A. Lakers at seven. So here's the difference where I see that I, I understand and see that our team is really good and fickle fans that some of most of the Philadelphia fans are overlooked at. The Lakers were are the defending champions. They lost their two stars to injury and they took a plummet, falling from as high as 2-3 to now being in the playing tournament to try and get back in the playoffs to defend their title. And on the other hand, in the East, the Sixers, like I said, never faltered below seed two with injuries to, as we would say, their star players. And we're talking Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris, who all three missed games, and the Sixers just kept in stride. Uh, you know, there's always going to be a few bumps in the road, as we know, but they held it together with the coaching staff and with the players, and they stayed within that one-two range, which I think was great. So in the West, uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, when it, the potential was there for this to happen, LeBron James returning from his injury, and then the thought of them being in the play-in tournament kind of upset him, where he mentioned, um, and I'm paraphrasing, that the person that invented this tournament should be fired no, those are not the words that he used, but that was the basis of his comment. When, after the fact, it came out that last year, last season, he kind of suggested that the teams that were 8, 9, 9 and 10 maybe should play each other to see if they can get in. So he would come somewhat contradicting himself because your team was looking at falling into that role of that having to play extra games to get in. And now ultimately it's come to fruition and you're there at the number seven seed. The top six teams in the West are the Utah Jazz, who have been there the entire season, the best record in the NBA. Surprisingly, the Suns have jumped up from middle, bottom of the, of the playoff seeds up into the number two seed now. At number three, you have the Denver Nuggets. Number four, the Clippers. Number five, the Mavericks. And number six, the Blazers. So in reference to the Denver Nuggets, and there's talk and there's discussion about their center, Nikola Jokic, being the MVP of the league. This is just my opinion, just my outlook. I think that Joel Embiid should be the MVP of the league. He got hurt, and then he came back. And continue to do the things that he did before he got hurt. The Nuggets lost uh, Jamal Murray. Then it was left mostly on Nurkic, on Jokic, the Joker as we like to call him, to sustain. But they're the number three seed. So they're pretty much like in the middle of the pack. And I still think that Joel Embiid should be very high on the list. If not very high on the list, I think he should be the league MVP because of the way he sustained his play coming back off of an injury and the way his team sustained their run at 
being no less than number two in the conference throughout all of that. So the top six teams in the East are the Sixers, of course, at number one, the Brooklyn Nets, who were touted by all of the basketball bigwigs to just run away with the Eastern Conference. Um, once I get through the list, we'll talk a little bit about them as well. The Bucks at number three, who stayed there all season. The Knicks, who were up and down, are now currently sitting at number four. The Atlanta Hawks made a coaching change, and it proved different. They now move into the number five spot, and the Miami Heat are in the number six spot. So just to talk some Nets a little bit, like I mentioned, they were picked by a lot of big wigs, a lot of great basketball minds, or the so-called great basketball minds, to just run away with the East and ultimately end up winning the championship. They made some moves. They brought in James Harden. They already had Kyrie and uh, KD. They brought in James Harden. Then they signed Blake Griffin. And people thought, oh, that's just going to solidify them there. The big three, if you will, for them, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, have not played together a lot throughout this season. And then there's the quote that I had that I brought to you um, from Kyrie in the beginning of the show where he states that basketball is not the top priority on his list right now. So that could pose a problem as far as focus. Uh, myself and Baldy, we also mentioned that there could possibly spout an issue with the two guards, James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And we know the three guys that they had, the three stars that they have are ball dominant. Um, the best one out of that three, as far as not needing the ball in his hands a lot to succeed, in my opinion, is KD. The other two are, are very ball down. A lot of the great things that they do uh, come with them having the ball in their hands. And it's no disrespect. Um, I just didn't like what was going on in Houston with James Harden, where they just scored a lot of points, shot a lot of threes, didn't make a lot of, didn't play a lot of defense. Um, on Kyrie's and I love Kyrie's game. I, I, I admire his game. Uh, I just think that he has moments like what I just mentioned to you earlier. Right now at this time, he has moments where he tends to strike some people the wrong way, cause some people to scratch their heads. A perfect example is, like I said, what he mentioned, um, the basketball is not the prior, top priority for him right now. But your team is running into the playoffs. So, in my opinion, as an NBA player, basketball should be um, the top priority, if not a top priority for you right now. But, again, I understand where his focus is on other things going on in the world, which is great. But I think as far as being an NBA player and your team moving into the playoffs and you have goals and high expectations, those kind of comments, I think, need to be kept under wraps and not put out in public in the media because, again, like I said, now it has people looking a little differently, wondering what's going on and having people scratching their heads. So we'll see how it plays out for them uh, in the playoffs. Again, the NBA play-in tournament begins tomorrow with the Eastern Conference starting at uh, 6.30 p.m. on TNT. The Hornets are at the, placer, at the Pacers, and then following that, the Wizards are at the Celtics. Then Wednesday, the Spurs are at the Grizzlies. 
the Warriors at the Lakers and the Western Conference games will be on ESPN. That being said, we've come to the conclusion of another episode of the Sports Rad Podcast. Again, folks, we are open for interviews, sponsorships, and advertising opportunities we have available. Just email me, sportsrat at yahoo.com, serious inquiries only, please, and we can tell you how we can make that happen for you. Also, moving along, uh, some schedules for today in the Major League Baseball. You've got the Giants are at the Reds, the Mets are at the Braves, the White Sox and the Twins, the Nationals and the Cubs, Yankees and the Rangers, Indians, Angels, Diamondbacks are in LA to take on the Dodgers, the Rockies and the Padres, the Tigers and the Mariners. Uh, Hockey, the playoffs have begun in the NHL. You've got the Bruins at the Capitals, the Predators and the Hurricanes, and the Blues are at the Avalanche. Starting and resuming tomorrow, WNBA. You've got the Lynx at the Liberty, Mercury Mystics, and Aces Storm. That being said, it's a beautiful day outside. Into the mid to high 70s today, Monday, kicking off your work week, kicking off your week. Enjoy, as I always say, be great on purpose. Before I go, finally, a lot of uh, people that are members of the group, that are tuned in, that are avid listeners and followers, have been mentioning to me that we are in need of, or past due, overdue for a fish fry. Or some type of event, just so you know, we are working on that. We are looking into some venues. Hopefully, we can get that done soon. So just bear with us. And, of course, you know we will definitely alert you when we get some things in in place and get some things started to let you know what's going on. But like I always say, and I just said it once, be great on purpose. Enjoy this Monday, this beautiful Monday. You know where to find me. Facebook, the group page, Sports Rap Podcast. You can also get me on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Rap underscore D. You can also check the webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. You can check the podcast, the audio on iHeart, Spreaker, Google, Apple, Spotify, and most of your podcast outlets. Until next week, next Monday, another live show will be at your presence or in your presence. I will be with you all week on social media. And just remember, Sports Wrap, keeping you up to date on all things sports and more from your boy, Sports Wrap D, and my partners who are not with me today, Frank and Baldy. So shout outs to them for always being here when I need them. And we're going to get into this baseball, not sorry, not this baseball thing. We're going to get into these NBA playoffs and then we're going to roll right into football season. So be great again on purpose. Enjoy this great weather. It's going to be nice all week. Follow us. Get with us on social media all week. Check this out. And we will see you right back here next Monday live on Heat 100 Radio for the Sports Rap Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>